Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers the Podcast. We do care three my Packers. And we don't grant anything else. Let's go. Alright, hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Today, we are going to be having some fun because football is back and it feels so good. So good to say that. I filmed or recorded last episode on Wednesday when we had one practice, but the practice wasn't even yet completed. And now we have had an official four practices Oh, baby, it feels good. Football is back, and we have some news even out of these first four days of camp. A couple of offensive line updates, right? The offensive line, it has been mixed up every day thus far, and I totally expect that to continue just because with Bakhtiari out, Elton out, you got a lot of question marks there. You want to see if guys can step up. Some days we got Newman at right tackle and enhanced at right guard. Other days we saw Zach Tom slide into left tackle and Newman slide over to right. Pardon me, Nyman, Yosh, Nyman, slide over to right tackle. That is, that's expected, I would think, because Bakhtiari, when he does come back, again, I'm maintaining week six or seven as the date for when he comes back, you're going to want Nyman to be able to slide over to right tackle. And then with Zach Tom at left and Nyman at right, you had Newman slide down to the guard position. Now, who knows how this line's going to end up. But one thing I can say for absolute certain is that we will see many, many versions of the offensive line before week one. Thus far, Zach Tom has looked good, which is very nice, but pads have not come on yet. The only thing I can say for certain at this point is that Josh Myers and John Runyon will be starting on the offensive line come week one. Now, Bakhtiari, he spoke at his locker. He said his knee felt, quote, normal, which is so huge, right? It's fantastic that his knee feels good. And then there was footage of him working outside with the rehab group, another great development. He looked good. He was moving well. And again, if this weren't football, you might be thinking, why isn't he playing? Well, he's got 260-pound men running at him. Okay, that's all good. I'm going to maintain my stance week six or seven. If you don't expect anything, you can't be disappointed. So week six or seven is when he'll be back. But that is news for those of you who still have hope. I envy that. Okay, also, some guys who have started practicing, Randy Ramsey, Dean Lowry, and Sammy Watkins, all three of those guys were on the, well, Randy Ramsey and Dean Lowry were on the PUP list, Sammy Watkins was on the NFI, and then another guy who was on the NFI, Rashid Walker, yeah, they they have all started practicing. That's very nice because all of those guys are going to be potential contributors, and I think they will probably all make the roster. In addition to that, Romeo Dubs, he is now the guy getting hype out of Packers training camp with Watson not practicing, and it seems like every hour that camp is going on, you get a tweet from someone saying, Romeo Dubs just went up and over cornerback X on a beautiful ball from quarterback Y, or Romeo Dubs made an adjustment on a ball from quarterback Y to make a fantastic catch on quarterback X. Yep, I was high on dubs going into camp, and so far, he's proven me right. He's proven a lot of people right. A lot of people were 
pretty high on him going into camp. And listen, pads aren't on yet. We've seen plenty of guys look phenomenal in shorts and then sort of disappear when the shoulder pads come on and the big hits start coming out. But for now, he looks really good. I don't think he's going to shy away from pads, and I really don't think he's going to underperform with pads on. So I'm looking forward to seeing him come the regular season. I'm also looking forward to watching Alan Lazard because this guy has also had a phenomenal start to camp. He, I mean, he's basically Aaron's number one guy. Aaron has talked about him that way, and the targets look that way. He's getting all the targets that you can imagine. He's going up, and he's making great plays on balls. And so, listen, I'm not going to be Mr. Alan Lazard's going to have a breakout season. But I am going to be that guy. Alan Lazard is going to have a breakout season. Get ready for it. I am all aboard the Lizard train. Okay, one last note before I jump into the positional previews for the middle linebacker position, cornerback position, and safety position is Jordan Love. He's had a very solid start to camp. He's quick. He's he's decisive. People have pointed out that about once a practice, he has a ball that just, what was that? You know, a floater, a wobbler, something like that. But... He's had a very solid start to camp per all the reports. Okay, the middle linebacker position. Three flat-out locks for you. Devondre Campbell, number one. He was a first-team All-Pro last year with the Packers on a one-year deal, and that was really, really impressive the year he put up. He came in, he took control of the defense, and that got him a five-year extension with the Packers. Yeah, he's going to be on the roster, and I'm very excited to watch him play. Chris Barnes, an undrafted guy, but he made a name for himself in 2020, and then he came back last year to make some really nice plays. He's not the most consistent guy, but he can hit like nobody's business, and yeah, he he can fly. If he if you give him a guy to go hit, he will go smoke that guy. And then Quay Walker, this guy has speed for days, and he is going to be a menace. I'm very excited. He, at this point, has been working with the ones a bunch, and Chris Barnes has sort of been pushed down for Quay Walker. Quay Walker didn't really need to earn that either. It was sort of just from day one. Quay Walker was the guy at the middle linebacker spot, aside from Devondre Campbell, of course. And it might seem a little bit weird to some of you that he didn't have to earn his spot, but sometimes the Packers, the Packers go away from tradition and give guys spots. And Devondre Campbell, pardon me, Quay Walker does not look out of place at all. There was one particularly memorable tweet where someone tweeted about Dylan, where he caught a pass and Quay Walker was coming up with his lightning speed to make a tackle. And that would have been a phenomenal collision if pads were on. You have the Dylan, the notorious tackle breaker, and Quay Walker, the notorious tackle maker. I'm excited for Quay Walker. He's also a lock to make the roster, even if he is plays bad the rest of training camp he's a lock to make the roster simply because of his talent and draft status but now is where it gets interesting and i'm going to list four guys for you isaiah mcduffie ty summers ray wilborn and ellis brooks and i made a very dumb preseason prediction um that khalif bryce would be on the roster but his release came three days ago so he's out he's not going to be on the roster Now, I definitely see, of those four guys, the Packers carrying two, which would bring the total in the middle linebacker position to five. Really, 
I think the last two guys are going to be totally special teamers, right? Because you already have a very, very solid middle linebacker core with Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, and Chris Barnes. That's great. Chris Barnes is a more than capable backup. Any team would be excited to have him as a backup at the middle linebacker position. So the Packers are probably going to be really looking for special teams ability in the last two guys they put on the roster. I think Isaiah McDuffie, I have him making the roster just because of his special teams prowess. If he can show what he's got on teams, I think Basachi is going to put him on. And then Ty Summers, another guy that I think will probably make it because he knows the defensive scheme, having been there last year, and he has really become a key special teamer for the Packers. Now, the other two guys, we'll see what happens there. I think you can pencil Summers in at this point. And the only reason I kept him out of my 53-man roster prediction was because I'm not a big fan of him. I tried to get too cute, and look what happens. So watch how those four guys are performing. Watch how Ray Wilborn and Ellis Brooks are performing. Maybe one of them jumps up, takes out Isaiah McDuffie. Again, I would guess Ty Summers is probably going to make it. But maybe both of those guys leapfrog both McDuffie and Summers. We'll see what happens there. Watch the progression there then moving on to the cornerback position there are three guys that i'm going to lock in right now stokes sewell and jai ear yes jaw money the second best corner in the league behind only jalen ramsey and trust me i would be willing to debate whether or not jai is actually worse than ramsey with many people it's close to me. It's very close. He can go inside. He can go outside. He can go man. He can go zone. It doesn't really matter. You're not going to be getting yards off of him. Then Stokes, he had an extremely promising rookie year. This is a guy who's got all the speed in the world. Obviously, a 4-2-5-40. I am very excited for what Stokes could put up next year, you know, adjusting to the league. There has been a tweet or so every practice saying, oh, X receiver went up to make a catch over Stoke. Yes, that's fine, but realistically, people aren't going to be tweeting about the plays where Stokes absolutely locked down receiver, which there have been plenty of. Uh, so I wouldn't be concerned at all about that. And then Rasul Douglas. Yes, sir. Right? This is a man who was fighting for a roster spot at this time last year, and he didn't even make the spot he was put on a practice squad, but then Green Bay picked him up, and he really found a home here, and he showed out all of that, the picks, the clutch interceptions in Arizona against LA, against the Browns, netted him a three-year, $21 million extension, and he really, really began to pick up on tape study in Green Bay. It showed with the routes he was jumping. I mentioned the pick six against Stafford. There was also a pick six with again the Bears game against Justin Fields. So yeah, He's a top corner, an absolutely phenomenal number three guy. But now you get into an interesting territory. I have Keyshawn Nixon at the moment as the number four guy. The Packers seem to use him in that fourth cornerback role a lot uh, throughout the offseason program. And even if they go with a different guy here, I think that Keyshawn's relationship with Pisaccia, which probably includes some special teams ability, will be enough to net him a roster spot. Then... What do you have? You have the Packers' fourth rounder last year, Shamar Jean Charles. Shamar Jean Charles, not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Seems like a French name, so 
Chamar Jean Charles. Sorry for all the French people out there that I offended. A slot corner at heart, Shamar. Yeah, he might only get a few defensive snaps, but I think his special teams ability will also be enough to snag him a roster spot. And now is where I think it gets really, really interesting. Kbion Ento, Rico Gafford, the cornerback turned wide receiver turned corner. Dante Vaughn and Keandre Thomas are all guys that I think will be competing for that spot. Realistically, it feels like Vaughn and Thomas, no offense to them, of course, are more like camp bodies, and the competition will end up coming down to Kbion Ento versus Rico Gafford. I think Ento has the best shot of winning a spot. He is Goody's guy, and he knows the scheme. Maybe, maybe Rico Gafford shows out and says, if I couldn't make it as a receiver, maybe I can take the spot as a corner. But realistically, that is the competition there. So, Watch the cornerback battle between, most likely, Ento and Gafford. Also keep tabs on Shamar. If he starts performing well in the slot, that could be so huge because then you can put him in the slot and you can put Jair, Sewell, and Stokes outside, inside, wherever you want. Oh, baby, the package will be cooking with more gas than you've ever seen a secondary cook with. Okay, bet you haven't heard that analogy before. Next, at the safety position, again, I got some absolute locks for you, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Adrian Amos, he is a Pro Bowl caliber safety, and if he continues playing at the level that he's played at these past few years, I think the Packers will have to think long and hard about giving him an extension. His contract is going to be up next year. He will be 30 by then, so it's going to be a hard, hard decision. You want to extend guys that are playing well, but... He's also going to be old. He's going to be on the, quote, back nine of his career, uh, to use a golf reference for you guys. So we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do with Amos. Either way, I'm very excited for what he can do this year. He is a top safety in the league. And then Darnell Savage. This is a guy that has received a lot of hate from Packers fans. Yes, he had some tough games, specifically the Baltimore game. But all in all, he's been a really solid safety. He has all the talent in the world and all the athleticism and I think he can show that this year the Packers picked up his fifth year option to keep him in Green Bay so if he shows out the next two years I think the Packers will want to re-sign him if he doesn't you can let him go with minimal cost come on Darnell I'm rooting so hard for this guy then next you're gonna have a bit of a drop-off the Packers they do lack some safety depth here but the guys that I see competing, Sean Davis, Dallin Levitt, Vernon Scott Innes Gaines, and Tariq Carpenter are all the guys that will be competing for the extra two safety spots. Levitt is another one of Bisaccia's guys. He's been in a lot of special teams snaps, right? He's been the main personal protector at this point. And you might think who cares, but the Packers personal protector last year, Henry Black, deserves pretty much most of the blame. For the Niners blocked field goal last year. So hopefully Levitt can be a guy that Bisaccia likes and trusts. And if that is the case, Levitt might snag that last roster spot because of his special teams ability. In his gains, this is a guy that has been with the Packers for a year. And being an undrafted rookie last year, he did make a name for himself. I think he can potentially step up this year and try to wrestle a spot away from the next guy, Vernon Scott. That's a guy... He just kind of works as a backup safety. The Packers had him 
on the 53 for last year, and he is a really, really solid solid piece. I think he'll have to scrap and claw against Innis Gaines, and we'll see who can win the roster spot. In the end, it might come down to special teams, but those are the two guys that I would look at as that third safety. And then Tariq Carpenter. This is a very, very athletic guy, but he will need to show out on special teams to win a roster spot. He is a safety middle linebacker hybrid, so I can see him being successful in an Oren Burks type of way, being good on special teams, but not getting a lot of snaps on the defensive side of the ball. So those are your four guys to watch there. Uh, I see Sean Davis as sort of a camp body. But this safety position should be interesting. Keep tabs on Levitt and Carpenter, specifically when the pads come on. I suspect only one of them is going to be able to snag roster spot, and we'll have to see who that is. Then you have Innis Gaines versus Vernon Scott, and if they both show out and prove they can play teams, maybe, just maybe, they both make the roster, but most likely I see only one of them making it and the other being placed on the placed on the practice squad. So check out how those two are performing. Check out Levitt versus Carpenter. Let's see what happens. Next episode, I'm going to jump more into camp. We will have at that point two fully padded practices and three padded practices, Monday being only partially padded. And I will also preview the specialist positions, kicker, punter, and long snapper. Yeah, not the most exciting thing in the world, but we got to do it. We have to emphasize special teams because I'll tell you what, if you just look for competence on special teams, you're going to find failure. If you look to make plays on special teams, you might make plays and you might get competence, but... It's the attitude of just shooting for competence that has left us in the position we are. So on this podcast, we're going to emphasize special teams. But until next episode, of course, thank you, as always, for listening to Dedicated Packers. I really appreciate all of the support. And until next time, go Pack Go! Go!